Welcome to Brit David Podcast as we continue our walk through the book of Luke as Pastor Tim shares a message from Luke chapter 9 verses 51 through 56 entitled Calling Down Fire and the Southern Baptist Convention. The 2022 Southern Baptist Convention in Anaheim, California once again revealed widening cracks among its 47,000 plus churches. To Tim Jones, it sounded more like James and John asking Jesus, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. Thank you very much. You can have a seat. I sure am glad that you're here today. I sure am glad that I'm here today. (laughs) It's nothing like being gone and nothing like coming back. I'm so glad to be able to be here and be with you today. I hope you have your Bible. Take it, turn with me to Luke chapter number 9. On this first Sunday back from Southern Baptist Convention, I don't think we could be in a more appropriate place in our Bibles today than where we are in our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Luke. I mean, it's almost like God knows what we need to hear. (laughs) And when? Well, duh. First of all, let me say this. I am a Southern Baptist. I love being a Southern Baptist. I'm a Southern Baptist by choice. I'm a Southern Baptist by conviction. It is my prayer that God would send revival to us and through us as a convention. And yet, if you thought that the last passage where we were two weeks ago in Luke 9 sounded like a group of Baptists as they argued together over who was the goat, then you sure are going to find a group of Baptists gathered together in this passage today. And if you've ever been to a Southern Baptist convention in recent years, then you will, (laughs) sadly, you'll say amen. So what I want to do is I want to take our passage today, and I do want to tell you a little bit about the convention, but I want to talk to you today about what we should do. Now, I don't mean just we as the convention. Yeah, there's some things for sure that we should do. I'm talking about what we should do. This passage is not written to a convention. This passage is written to people. This passage is written to people just like you who are trying to live out a godly life in this day. And so I want to give you today five courses of action about how to deal with this particular passage. We're in Luke chapter 9, and we begin today in verse number 51. Look at it with me, if you will. The Bible says, Now it came to pass, when the time had come for Jesus to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. All right, I'm going to give you five courses of action, so here's the very first one. Number one, you need to share Jesus' purpose. In your life, you need to share Jesus' purpose. That's what this verse is about. It is about the purpose of Jesus coming. We know that Jesus comes to earth, is conceived in his virgin mother's womb, and is born as a baby. By the way, praise the Lord for Friday, for the Supreme Court finally ruling on that Dobbs case and overturning Roe versus Wade. Fifty years and 65 million babies later, we finally have done the right thing. And I'm grateful for that. It means that our work, though, is about to start. Our work right here in Georgia is about to start. Our work here in Columbus is going to start. Our work among moms and our work among children is just about to start. And we need to make sure that this uh, 
that this Supreme Court decision is not the end, but it's simply the beginning. Okay, Jesus is conceived as a human being. Jesus is born as a human being, but for a purpose, and that purpose is to go to the cross and to die a substitutionary death for every person who has ever lived on the face of this earth. Everybody, anybody. Jesus said it himself. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So that's his purpose. And that's his purpose as it is described here in such vivid terms. I want you to catch with me, first of all, the time frame. It says that when Jesus' time had come for him to be received up. So we are about two and a half years into the earthly ministry of Jesus. Jesus has about six more months before he will go to the cross, be crucified, die, be buried, be raised again, and be ascended to the Father. When the Bible says that his time has come for him to about to be received up, that's what he's talking about. We're almost to the end. And like never before, Jesus has set his sights on the cross. He set his sights on Jerusalem. What a great way for the Bible to say it. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. The prophet Isaiah said it this way about the Messiah. He said, I have set my face like flint. What does that mean? It means that there is nothing, 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 nothing that can or will deter Jesus from his assigned purpose. His purpose is the cross. He's going to the cross. And right now, he is focused intently on going to that cross for you and for me. Boy, were we as resolute concerning the message of the cross as Jesus was in going there. When it comes to Southern Baptists, let me say this good word to you first of all. Despite where we are politically within our convention, and despite where we are theologically within our convention, as a whole, we as Southern Baptists are still committed to the cross. We're still committed to the, to the substitutionary, sacrificial death, atoning death of Jesus, so that we are still committed to evangelism. We're still committed to seeing our baptisms rise. We're still committed to missions both here and around the world. In fact, if you've been to a Southern Baptist Convention, then you know that the very best part <clears throat> is when the International Mission Board gets up and has a commissioning service. Now, they'll do those scattered throughout the year. Boy, there's something special about being gathered together with seven, eight, nine, ten thousand Southern Baptists from all over the nation. Last week, we had 55 families and their children that we commissioned, that we promised that we would pray for and that we would provide for. It's an amazing thing to see some of them come up on stage and be able to say, this is my name. This is where I'm going. And this is why I'm going. And their purpose matches the purpose of Jesus. You know, there's some who are able to come up on stage and we get to watch them and get a visual picture of what we hear. There's some, however, who come up on that stage and have to stand behind a screen backlit. All you can see is them in shadow. 
because they're going to some part of the world where it's not safe for them to have their face known, where it's not safe for them to have their name known. Do you know that there were two of those families where Paul Chitwood, who is the president of our International Mission Board, had to stand and read their testimonies without them present, without them even behind a black screen. Because the place that they go is too dangerous for them to be known, for even for their voices to be heard. That's the commitment that Southern Baptists have to missions and evangelism all over this world. I remember going to Germany and visiting our uh, Southern Baptist missionaries that were there, Steve and Susan Jett. And Steve Jett, we stayed in their home and began to talk to him about what it was like to, to live there and what it was like to, to leave from here. And he said, I'll tell you what it's like for a missionary to leave from home. I'll tell you what it's like for our family to leave from here. He said, Susan's family would call from time to time and check on them and check on the grandchildren. But usually it was the dad that would speak and not the mom. The mom would be in the background and you could hear her still over that receiver crying. And the dad would say, do you see what you're doing to your mother? You've taken those grandchildren halfway around the world. No wonder our missionaries feel alienated, isolated and alone. Yet we are the ones who still hold the ropes. We're still the ones who make sure that they have everything they need even if they can't get it from their own families. We send missionaries into this world. We send them to fulfill the great commission of Jesus, to fulfill the purpose for which He came. The lessons in this passage today begin with this course of action. Whatever Jesus' purpose is, is to be your purpose. If your purpose in life seems to be somehow different than the purpose of Jesus, then you need to yield and surrender your purpose that His purpose might be your purpose. That you might be the man, the woman, the boy, the girl that God has created you to be. That's why you see opening that verse number 52 that it says, And He sent messengers before His face. We are those messengers. Messengers of the gospel of Jesus. Messengers of the cross. Gospel preachers, as we just sang about. Share Jesus' purpose. Number two. Your second course of action is simply this. Serve in preparation. Serve in preparation. Look as verse number 52 continues. After it says that he sent messengers before his face, <clears throat> the Bible says, and as they went, who are the they, the they are the messengers. As they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. 
Once your purpose is Jesus' purpose, now you're ready to serve Him. And to serve Him in what manner? To serve Him in such a way that He is able to work. He wants to work. He is always working. He wants to work in the lives of people all over this world. People that look like you, people that sound like you. People that don't look like you. People that don't sound like you. He wants to work. Our job then, if our job, if our purpose is centered on the cross of Christ, then it's to prepare for His work in men and women and boys and girls all over the world, beginning right here where we are. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice in this passage where He was sent to serve, where they were sent to serve, to a village of the Samaritans. To a village, not to a metropolitan area. Not to a place where lots of people are, but a place where few people are. But it's a village of the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a group of people who hated the Jews. And by nature then hated the Christians. The Samaritans, however, were also people that the Jews hated. And frankly, it was a group of people whom many of the Christians hated too. Jesus didn't promise to send you to serve in a happy place. He didn't promise to send you to serve in a place of your own choosing. He may send you to a place where there are people that you don't like. He may send you to a place where you cannot be known. He may send you to a dangerous place. That dangerous place may not be halfway around the world. That dangerous place may be in your own home. That dangerous place may be the place where you work. That dangerous place may be the place where you play. It may be a place where your message is not well received and where you yourself may never be popular. As we serve Him, there are difficult places and there are difficult issues that we have to serve through. In our convention, there has not been a harder issue to contend with than the one that entered the spotlight about a month ago when the guidepost report came out concerning sexual abuse within the Southern Baptist Convention. I want to tell you something. The last two conventions have been more reflective of the Me Too movement than they seem to be by the movement of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we passed a creation of a list of sex offenders within Southern Baptist churches. Why? So that a pastor who is abusive in one context doesn't get to go to another context. We created that list, and there's really no way that we couldn't. But in my opinion, the creation of that and the passage of that was both rash and rushed. Two ingredients that usually do not combine for success. I agree with Gene Hillhouse. A couple of weeks ago, he said, just wait. 
The lawsuits are about to start piling up. With the passage of this and now the completion of our convention, I believe that's exactly what we'll see. Never mind that the Bible says that we should not look to worldly courts. We're going to do that anyway. Why are we going to do that? Because by and large, we act more like the world than we ever do the church. It's a sad state of affairs when these things happen in the first place. It's sadder still how we react. Let me clear up something for you who may not be aware of this. When I mention the Guidestone Report, I'm not talking about that little magazine that comes out every month that's filled with bad theology and positive motivation. I'm talking about a group that's called Guidepost Solutions. Southern Baptist Convention, through our executive committee, hired them to look into this issue. Did we need a third party? Yes, absolutely. Did we need Guidepost Solutions? Absolutely not. You may have seen in recent weeks how they are tied to the LGBT movement. And not only have we gone in search of a worldly system to fix our spiritual problems, we've used cooperative program dollars to do that. Monies that people just like you and me gave for missions and for ministry. I want to just tell you, I don't like my money being used that way. We said we did that as servants and as service to those who are the victims of abuse, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you sitting in that room, it didn't feel that way. Sitting in the room, it felt worldly. It felt ugly. It felt political. And I don't think we did any justice to the victims. The ones who were there to look for their 15 minutes of fame got it for sure. But I'm not sure in the long run that we really did what was necessary for them. We seem to be far more concerned about how things would read in blogs, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. In the previous convention and in this one, somebody stands up to say, we need to remember the world is watching. Man, we need to remember Jesus is watching. If Jesus says one thing and the world says something else, then it doesn't matter what the world has to say. Let, it, let God be found true and every man a liar. Have we forgotten that we are servants? That you and I are to serve the purpose of Jesus? To serve His cause, to serve His ministry, to truly serve other people, even when it's difficult. That's how you prepare the way for Him. That's what Jesus is calling on His messengers to do in this passage. It's what He's calling on His messengers to do today. Prepare the way 
that men and women and boys and girls may come to Jesus. That's what we're to do. Number three, scrap your own pathway. Just, just scrap it. Look at verse 53. But they did not receive him. Who's the they this time? The they this time are the Samaritans. They did not receive Jesus because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. These people in Samaria rejected Jesus, but we don't have to wonder why the Bible tells us so. He says, because, this is why, because he set his face or his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. I don't believe that this is a geographic rejection. I don't think that the people in, in Samaria are saying, well, you know, I mean, we're rejecting him because he's headed to, to Jerusalem. Now, if he were headed to Sychar or some other city here in Samaria, then we'd be okay with that. I don't think it's a geographic reje- rejection. I think it's a godly rejection. They rejected him, not his itinerary. They rejected Jesus, not his destination. They rejected his purpose. And yet I am called upon to share his purpose. So if I'm going to share his purpose and then serve in preparation for him to do his work, then listen to me. We have got to scrap our own pathway. We have got to get rid of our own agenda, of our own preferences. When Jesus said, if any man wants to follow after me, he must deny himself. Somewhere along the way, we have lost that as the means of following Christ. Self-advancement has thrived in every convention I have attended over the last 30 years. When you go to one of these, there are very few examples, publicly at least, of humility to be found. But you can find plenty of people lined up at a microphone who think they need to be heard. Let me share with you a few of these things that happened this week. Someone brought up a motion that we defund the ERLC, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission over the last decade has been going in a direction that is against uh, let me just say our conservative Baptist movement. It's not in the direction that I'm in. It's certainly not in the direction that our church is in. As a trustee of the ERLC at the time, what I noticed was is that they are getting ready for this day. They receive 1.65% of the Southern Baptist Cooperative Program budget. They have poised themselves to operate outside of that. We did not vote that way, though I voted that way this time. 
there are serious flaws in the ERLC. Those things that need to be addressed. But in my experience as a trustee, they're not going to be addressed. I'm grateful that we've lost the last president of that, uh, of that entity. I'm looking forward to who the next one might be. And my prayer is that he'll walk in the steps of Richard Land. North American Mission Board. At one point, one of the strong arms of the Southern Baptist Convention is not exercised according to its purpose and is atrophied over the years. Primarily do two things, focus on urban areas and church planning. It's not to say that those things aren't good. Those things not only are good, both of those things are important. But we have neglected so many areas. One of my pastor friends <clears throat> said that they are continuing, this is his, these are his words, continuing to look for something to prop up their reason to exist. And so they designated four million of your dollars to the sexual abuse program. They want to give money and place their hand in BCM work. Which, by the way, I'm very interested to see how that goes. Lifeway couldn't do it, and our state's not doing a very good job either. So let's see what NAM can do when it comes to reaching our college students. I do like the resolutions that came up that said that we're going to pay rightly, uh, or rightly pay attention to our rural areas in America. And I also like the fact that we're going to rightly evangelize Native Americans. Both of those were under the purview of North American Mission Board, and I'm glad to see us getting back to those quests. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim shares the conclusion to the message from Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 56, entitled, Calling Down Fire and the Southern Baptist Convention. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.